Welcome to the Daily Combat Podcast. The Daily Combat Podcast is brought to you as always by Olympic hopeful turned boxer and all-round sporting polymath Isabella Rossitano, arm wrestling influencer Hollywood Matt Connolly, and combat sports ring announcer Dave Stockbridge. So join Izzy, Dave, and Matt as we talk about the world of combat sports on this episode of the Daily Combat Podcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Daily Combat Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stockbridge, and joining me as always is my co-host extraordinary the double biceps are out it is in the contract contract. he's legally obliged so the double (laughs) biceps do find their way out every episode here on the daily combat podcast that ladies and gentlemen is hollywood matt Connolly, and of course our guest today so we've got wayne and lorraine march wayne and lorraine march um uh, uh well can i say Bodybuilding icons. I'm going to put it out that way. I know. I know. Ro- royalty. That ro- royalty. Bodybuilding royalty. <laughs> Local bodybuilding royalty, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we're going to delve deeply into, well, first and foremost, how it is that you've found yourself in a gym one day, lifting weights, trying to get bigger and stronger, and then how perhaps that's progressed through to you guys now, having such an eye for what it takes to be great at that sport that you're now judges in that very sport. And uh, perhaps we can delve a little bit in behind all of that stuff as well well so welcome to the podcast guys thank you wonderful work so (laughs) yeah well it's great to have you and um so this podcast is all about the well the daily combat that everybody has inside as well as you know combat and strength sports and you know bodybuilding is uh, one of those sports that's kind of been on the peripheral of uh, mainstream consciousness for now best part of four decades and um and so i'm often curious as to what people's first exposure was to the sport in the first place for me Mm. it was uh, seeing uh my mate Daniel on the side of the road one day and going, how the hell did he get like that? And then very quickly being introduced <laughs> to pumping iron and going, that's how you get like that. Right, okay, yeah. excellent. And it all made sense to me. So how was it for you guys? How, what was your first exposure to bodybuilding, weight training and that whole gym culture? You want to start? You can start, I think, because <laughs> okay. you were the I one get, that I was started, responsible for getting me into it. Oh, well, oh really? Okay, yeah, so it yeah. all started with you, Wayne. It did start with me. Uh, but it's um, your, your positive impression, uh, your positive uh, uh, influence. Well, influence. <laughs> Lorraine did say to me one one day many years ago that um, when I was in the, on the in the, right in the depths of my competition, I'd, I'd just won a competition, she'd come out and she was quite fascinated with the transformation she'd witnessed over those months leading in. In you? Yeah. yeah she right. was like a... Training, not a training partner, but another person in the gym. There was in the mornings at seven a.m. We were all there religiously, and Lorraine was one of the crew. So, so we Lorraine was together. one of the familiar faces. She was one of the so one you of weren't. Fans. Yeah, at this stage, you weren't <laughs> Wayne and Lorraine. No, you were we Wayne and Lorraine. That's right. Yes, and, just uh, buddies. Gym just buddies. Gym, gym, buddies, gym yeah. bros. And she okay. said to me, "Do you think I could do this?" And I went, hmm. "I think you've got good genetics." Bam! From and she'll tell her story. I'm sure. Yeah. But from that moment on, it's like a. A dog with a rotten bit of meat, just once you got hold of it, just will not let go and has that burn to, <laughs> to finish it and be the best at it. So, Or like a competing bodybuilder with a skinless breast piece and a bit of broccoli, maybe. So how did you, what, what's your well, first memories of the gym? Where, where did all of that come from, from your perspective? I took, I actually walked into the gym, not from a bodybuilding perspective at all. I wanted to get fitter, but it was more of a networking thing. 
Right. Because I'd only just started my own business. Okay. I was a sign writer. I had a local business in the Salisbury Plain area. And I came across, I was talking to one of the business people, one of the real estate guys, actually, John right. and Colin Martin, the oh, boys there. Who, master networkers yes. in their own rights. And yeah. they were training at the gym. And they said, oh, well, there's an executive class in the mornings. Maybe it might be an idea to come along. Get juiced so, in with the other so executives I, of the yeah, area. So I got to know all the business people in the, in that area of Salisbury Plain, which spanned out to, to Elizabeth and beyond and to Gawler and, and got to know a lot of those guys. So that was, it was a networking thing. Hmm. And I gained a lot of mates that I still see today. Um, a lot of business opportunities come along and, yeah, regular customers. And, and then I met some, I met a girl that was competing and um, she'd come up from Mount Gambier and she did need a training partner. Mm-hmm. Her name was Karen Brooksby. So um, anyone that knows uh, early 90s bodybuilding would, would know Karen was a state and not national champion, but competed nationally. I decided, well, well, she asked me, would you help me compete hmm. or prepare? So and did I you became, know what was involved in that at that stage? Well, not really. I just I knew she was going to. I thought she was on the on the on the stage with a you know bathing costume and didn't know much about it until we mm-hmm. went along to a competition. Mm-hmm. So I helped her prepare for her first comp um, and went along. Went in her debut. Right, and was this your first competition this that you've got? This was the first to... comp I ever saw. So was... you're helping somebody prepare for a competition, yeah. not really knowing what even a competition <laughs> is. I've seen a few photos. I'll tell you, you're a man with confidence. <laughs> I tell so, you. I went <laughs> so I went to the comp, and I'm waiting. All the, all the divisions are coming through, and the the masters came on. And at that time, I was 34, 33, mm. 34. So a bit of a late bloomer so, to start. So you're thinking some easy pickings on so, the stage right now. All these guys walk out, 40 years old, and I looked at them and. First of all, I'm like, how the hell can you get on stage with such a tiny costume? Because <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mr. Average walking around, like, that's, that's smaller than a pair of Speedos. Like, yeah. we're talking, man, you're comfortable getting on stage yeah. like that. <laughs> but I'm thinking, it, these guys are 40 years old plus. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, if I can look like that in, a, in six years, that's just remarkable. I want to be a Masters competitor. And mm. that was the little... The bug for me, yeah. And from that comp, I went. I'm doing that. Huh. So I went. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it well. So I, I took a lot of leaves out of Karen's um, uh, her book of how she prepared, and she introduced me to some trainers. And it was not so. It was obviously about hard work in the gym and good nutrition and all of that. But it was about presentation. How do you prepare for a competition? How do you present your physique at its best? Mm. And a, and a a bit of a bodybuilding trick is. Because they have the the flawless physique is pretty rare. Mm. Everyone's got a weakness. Yeah, a lot of people. And you've say got that the judge. They've got the, <laughs> they've got the judges are looking at your, your faults. <laughs> it's don't, don't basically look at those guns, mate. Come on, all about genetics. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Anywho, um, so so how how to display your your body at its best and hide your flaws, hide your mm. faults. Yeah, and it's about posture and doing the right poses. Mm-hmm. So I, I took, I did all those things. I had the right, I found the right coach, I found the right nutrition, I found the right training regime, mm-hmm. and just did it religiously. And and had you played sports as a kid? Like, what was your foundation stone I for all of this? Baseball as a kid, right? Didn't, okay, wasn't re- that was probably the only team sport I was really into. Yeah, apart from that, but other tennis, other than- but no. Right, it very similar. Wasn't, wasn't very really similar. into football. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love baseball. I like the power of baseball. I was a very strong pitcher and, and fast runner and pretty well all round. I didn't field that much, but I was a batter and, and pitcher with my strengths. Yeah. 
Um, so I like the power sports. I had a fascination with uh, powerlifting. Right. So it sort but, of but hadn't been involved in it, or just no, just well, saw it on the peripheral and thought that's interesting. I, I used to train. I went into Limbo Health Studio when I was thirteen years old. Wow. Just started high school. Huh. Um, so this is quite an early fascination with weights. Yeah. Then. Yeah. And uh, I I got, went away from it. You, know, you get your driver's license and you just become a Alcohol, women. teenager. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You lose. <laughs> you get a passion for something else other than yes. <laughs> chasing, chasing girls. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and that that was really I developed quite quite quickly. I mean, at thirteen, you're growing like a weed. There's a lot of hormones going on. Yeah. And the teachers at school were like, "Gee, well, you're starting to really shape up." And they were always, especially my fi- uh, um, PE teacher, was always looking for something a little bit different mm. for the class to do, rather than run around the oval. Yeah. Let's go visit a running track down at uh, one of the professional st- um, stadiums, or let's go. Or hockey on basketball stadiums. We we're always going on field trips, mm-hmm. and I said, "Well, why don't you go to my gym?" So we go to Limbo Hill Studio. And how long have you been training at this stage? I've probably been training for about a year. Okay, so you're pretty so dedicated. I'm, I'm nearly 14 years old, right. second year high school. Okay. And let's face it, that created the foundation for what you achieved later in it life. It did. Yeah, it's sort of like, yeah, it did. Because yeah, that's, that's how a good point. the whole process mm. works. It's when the hormones kick in, particularly for a, for a male, yeah. and they're growing, when, if they want to be a, a future bodybuilder, the time that they want to start going through that process would be through that puberty stage. And I'm not saying, you know, ridiculous amounts of gym work and mm. um, nutrition and all of that. I'm talking about a, a moderate type of exercise with good nutrition involved sets the foundation for that bodybuilder in their later years, without mm. a doubt. Because if you look at the history of a lot of people that we know, people like yourself that did 100 push-ups every night, I don't think it was that. One of your biggest strengths in your bodybuilding was your chest. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And so that hung, that muscle yeah. memory and kind that, of stage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Well, I'll, I'll, <laughs> my, my little bodybuilding weights things is, is if there is a body part that I might ever have that's, you know, it's arms. And uh, for about three years, for 15 minutes, I would get those little plastic dumbbells that you get from Big W that I think had sand, sand in them. Yeah, I had those as well. Weighted, weighted sand. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, I, and just for 15 minutes, I'd just do arm curls. And okay, then when I got okay. bored with that, I'd do, like, some shoulder presses. And that was the whole workout. And then i put it down. But I did it for time. And yeah, it started off, yeah. like, five minutes, then ten minutes, <clears> then... I think maybe maxed out at 20 minutes, but it was like 20 minutes of just arm kills and then, oh, okay, time's up, put it down. Yeah. And then when I picked up weights in my, let's say, late teens, early 20s, that was the body part that, that kind of grew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, everything else stayed small. <laughs> but that was the unfortunate <laughs> bit. So, 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 okay, we're getting to the bottom of this. So 13 years old, you've started doing weight. Who encouraged you to do weights? and? How did how did that start? Because that's a, usually at thirteen, you're not really encouraged to go to the gym, and, and these days a lot of gym owners would probably shun you if they saw you mm. walking in the gym by yourself. So, mm. who who was uh, kind of behind you there saying this is a good idea or encouraging you to? to I keep, keep going thinking along? back to <laughs> just make me feel really old. The <laughs> Superman thing, like the the well built. Even if you go back to Steve Reeves, like the real Steve early Reeves, Superman the original stuff, Superman, yeah, and Tarzan, like. Um, his name? Um, he was an Australian actor. Can't think of his name. Anyway, so the physiques of those guys, I thought, wow, that's mm. that's something pretty impressive. Mm. And yeah. they were they were older guys too. Mm. Um, and and I think Steve Arnold Reeves was, was, was Mister something, Mister yeah. Universe, he, or Mister yeah. back then. Yeah, yeah when that was Mr. Universe, I thought, or Mister America, or he was he was yeah. definitely a champion in that era. Yeah, I yeah, think for Frank Zane, if you know. 
back to the classic days of Arnie and Frank Zane and a lot, a lot of people Colombo say and all that. you're very similar from, to very, Frank Zane. Very yeah. similar build. <laughs> Apart from the body, everything else is the same. <laughs> from the neck up. <laughs> so I think it was a mixture of all those things, and there was an Arnold push too. There was something yeah. about that, yeah, and that was real early in his career too. He's won a few universe titles at that. Well, that was early. When was that? Early seventy. The, uh, the Olympia from seventy to seventy five, and then yeah. came back and won it. Yeah, it was real early. Yeah. yeah. So that was sort of the push for that. Yeah. And uh, the school I went to, I mean, I walked straight past this gym every day. Huh. So I'm like, hmm. that's where the weights are. <laughs> so before catching the bus home every day, I'd go to the gym. And what, what did your family feel about you doing weights? Because, I mean, let, oh. let's put this into context for a lot of younger people that might be watching. That was really unusual for a young person in their teens to be doing weights at all. Mm. Uh, mm. Or even to be attending a gym on a regular basis was a bit of a, yeah. made you a bit of a freak or a bit unusual. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How was it, how did your peers respond to that at school? Did you, I, did you, they thought it was a bit strange because everyone else was playing football and everyone else was yeah. playing soccer and all of the team stuff, which I didn't really like. You're just eating tuna out of tin. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a teenager, you can eat whatever the hell you like. <laughs> yeah, that's it's right. a bit later on when I started getting a bit more specific about food. <laughs> I was just throwing down burgers and chico rolls, I remember. <laughs> it all worked. Let's get our carbs from the chicos, you know. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of chicken. Yeah, oh, a bit unusual. Mum, dad was pretty. My dad was a wrestler back in his early days. So he, really? so he was quite a, an athletic, uh, old time wrestling, not the you know the Mario Milano pro, stuff. Pro We're talking yeah. way back, <laughs> Olympic, Olympic sort Olympic of wrestling. Style. Yeah, Roman. So he, he he probably encouraged me quite a lot just to to think about being in good shape, looking after your body. You know, um, so he was he was an influence there. My friends were none of them were into it at all. Yeah. So I was really the black sheep. Yeah. Um, so what made you stop all of a sudden and then all those years later decide that this was something, apart from the fact that you wanted to do networking and, and so on, what was the driving force for you to then pick that up again um, when you were early 40s or no, not quite no, 40? It's a bit of a hiatus. You know who else has a similar story? Jesus. We know what happened up to 13 <laughs> and then nothing between 13 and 28. <laughs> ah, it seems like there, there's a, a bit of, of a similar gap. There's some parallels. You, yeah, I just wondered, did you become work, a carpenter during that, that time? That was a, a long apprenticeship. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, because you you're starting really young. You're 13 yeah. years yeah. old and yeah. then you – so what, what happened in the interim? The, the dark well, to- the dark I'm, times. I'm, I'm trying to wonder what pulled me away from it. I think it was distraction of, not peer pressure is the wrong word, but just going with the flow of what all the other kids were doing and wanting, wanting to be involved. Like that social And I life. was so left field of everyone else that oh, I don't know, maybe I just wanted to be part of the, part of the gang, you know. So, mm. you know, it went yep. along with, with, the, with the guys, got out a few years ago, I guess 18 months goes by, and I get my licence as soon as I possibly could. Yeah. I wanted my driver's licence, so oh, 16, sure. bang, I've got my licence. Key to freedom. And then, yeah, yeah boom, off, and, you know. Yeah. I think it, at, in it. that era as well, it was, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get your driver's mm. licence, then you find a girl, you get married, you have children, you buy the house. The me- yeah. um, whereas, you know, it's not like that anymore. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that obviously was never Wayne. Entirely, mm. because it was around the well around the time that he decided to start competing that we met, huh. and since then he has reinvented himself probably half a dozen times and basically does anything and everything 
that he hmm. that he wants to try to his itch. hand, Quite. hand at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah. so this is the cycle of, of life. So that was that early cycle of you mm. introducing yourself to weights and then all those years later rekindling the, the, the love that you mm. perhaps mm. left all, all those years earlier. The early, the early passions came back. Yeah. Sort of early I wanted to, to do that to a, a high level. Yeah. And then, like Lorraine just touched on, that life gets in the way and you do every, all the stuff. You go yeah. get an apprenticeship, you get a job, you, blah, blah, you house, do what everyone expects you to all do. All that sort of yeah. thing. I've, I've met so many people that have done this. Um, and then you eventually you come back to what, what is the I real want? you, I guess. Mm. You know, what do I really want? Yeah. And what really makes me happy and what, what lights my fire? And that was a burn that had been sitting, simmering for a long time until I saw that Masters comp. Mm. And I'm like, Wow, I haven't picked up a weight for twenty years nearly. Yeah, and then you you get the itch and you get back in and you pick up that weight. Yeah, and you're like, I remember this. I yeah. love this. The weights were just you waiting know, it's for just you. Bang. Yeah, the hunger's there. The and it, and how did and the was, body respond early on? Well, I remember walking into the gym and one. Oh, of the, I'll just get you to pull them off a little bit. Oh, there we go. Walked into the gym and I met the one of the main instructors there and I think he took one look at me and went, "Bloody hell, you got a good foundation." Because I still had the chest. Mm. I still I, not that I went to the gym much, but I was still doing push-ups. I was still looking after ah, myself. So you kept. I was doing a lot of a little maintenance regime yeah, going yeah, on I there. Had this like I still want to be strong and healthy and la la la. So that was always part of my life to do that. So I, I developed an upper body that was quite different than someone that really, really never done stepped nothing. into a gym for. A, mm. He went bloody hell, and I responded so much to the arms and chest and back sort of exercises. That within, oh, it seemed like not very long at all, but let's say it's a year yeah. of consistency. It was like, geez, oh. and then the whisper of a <laughs> first timers competition came mm. from Karen, the girl I. So after with. after a year or so, you're already kind of edging. You, so in the back yeah. of your mind, you're thinking, "I'm getting on stage from the get go." So that's your motivation, mm. and then within a year, you're starting to think, "Okay, I, I think I'm getting ready now. I'm I'm almost yeah. there." That's incredible. That's a, a really quick transformation, yeah, isn't it? It's yeah. funny because you you get you get on a treadmill and you just keep doing the same thing. Mm. And you then there's a point where you don't really notice what the changes that are happening to you, mm. but you start noticing comments from people that's that are the outside people Wolf watching. Whistles, You're that just type doing of thing. your thing. Yeah, is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, when you, <laughs> nah, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. <laughs> but yeah, when the, people start saying "bloody hell," you're really starting to yeah. starting to develop. And when Karen came up to me, she said, "I know you've been helping me with comps, but have you ever thought about?" I went, oh, well, I saw those Masters guys. I'm nothing like that. She goes, it's a progressional thing. We've got a comp coming up that's got a first-timers uh, section, which yep. they'd never had before. And this was in a Wyala competition. Okay. And the Iron Triangle Classic, they used to call it back in the day. Yeah. Mm. Hello, yeah. So I took a trip to Wyala. <laughs> oh, I remember that one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you self a, a veteran or uh, 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 you just remember seeing it on the calendar? No, I do. Yeah, they ran a few of the um, – it's called ICN now. It's the INBA, the Naturals Competitions. They had a, a Wyala thing happening for a few years down there as yeah, well. Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. That was my mm. first competition. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. here we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I went up and won the, uh, won the first time as in Wyala. Wow. That was a 93. How'd you feel on stage? Oh, good. Yeah. Scared as hell. Good. <laughs> How were the I briefs? Had, were they as tight as you were imagined? Small as the ones that I saw. <laughs> I adjusted to the fact that I feel comfortable wearing these Because <laughs> yeah. I looked around. Because what I was doing was I competed. I was competing in front of an educated crowd. Mm. If I was wearing that 
on a stage in a shopping mall. John Martin. Whole different ball game because yeah. everyone's going, who's this for each? <laughs> yeah. But everyone was there with friends and family on stage. So everyone knew what they were seeing. Yeah. I just wanted to be the best of the bunch. Yeah. So anyway, my, my regime was, and I've done it many times before when I've been on other stage for different stages for different things, is get comfortable with your environment. So before anyone was there, anyone was out on in the seats, the stadium's empty. I snuck away from the crew who we were getting ready backstage and walked through the curtain and just stood there in the middle on the cross looking around going, That's a good idea. This is going to be full. Feeling it out. This is my spot. This is where I've got to perform. Mm. So I just had to break that ice. I didn't want to walk out there stone cold. Mm. I would have froze. Yeah. So I, I, I got my environment in my head. I, I do the same thing with ring announcing. You know, just being out there and in that space yeah. and just breathing it in before anybody else yeah. really gets there or yeah. before the eyes are on you and mm. then you're just mm. like, okay. Yeah, comfortable yep. with the space. I own it now. And the scale of it because it's not, you're mm. not in the gym posing in front of yeah. a mirror anymore. Yeah. So, and then the thing was in my head is I've – because whenever I was – Doing my routine, there's always be my training trainer or my training partner with me, and they'd always go, "For Christ's sake, Wayne, will you smile?" Because I was just concentrating on getting yeah, it right, that, and yeah. I'd always go, "I'll smile on the day; it's fine." I just got it. <laughs> so it was like internalize it, and mm. then I'll personalize it, and the showman will come out on stage. Yeah, and I did that. I said, "Now it's my time to show off." So it was you know, this ninety seconds is mine, wow. mm, and it awesome. was bang. You know, when the lights were on and it was on, and they were like, man, you're a whole different man on stage. I think from a a judging perspective now, one of the biggest things that we see um, or have seen, it's far better now because they have lots of posing classes and people are taught really well how to present themselves on stage. But prior to that, the men would come out and they would look like Dave looks right now, just poker faced, mm-hmm. no <laughs> smile, no expression, no no showmanship, or you'd get the occasional one that yeah. had a bit of showmanship. But the women learnt how to smile mm-hmm. on stage. So as soon as you walked onto that stage, you were you were on stage, you were smiling, no matter what. You 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 just did it as an automatic part of the mm. um, being on stage. Mm. But men didn't tend to do that. They do more so now yeah. and yeah. because they're coached to. Because mm. it's like this is what how people are going to see you and if you want to shine above everybody else, mm. you want to have a presence like yep. nobody else yep. when you stand on that stage. Yeah, mm. I remember uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, one of his uh, biographies that he wrote, he, he would say the, uh, that key point, as soon as I walk out on stage, he goes – the, the first impression you make, he goes, I want the people to see that I know that I'm the winner of this show. He's like, yeah, so, absolutely. so look on my face yeah. as yeah. I'm the winner. Like, I've got it. Like, yeah. check me out. Like, look at me. And so every pose, you're yeah. drawn to the guy who's like, I'm, I'm the best. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're judging, <laughs> yeah. um, that first, when people are first coming out onto the, um, onto the stage, We've, uh, if you're a good judge, you've got first, second, and third in that yeah. first few seconds. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You can so tell instantly. Yeah. Process yeah. of elimination, yeah. and you've picked out your top yeah. three to five out of that group already. Yep. And then you're going through a process of elimination while yeah. you're going through the posing you're round. Basically, going from worst to best. So I get yeah. them uh, on the fringe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the people that it's yeah. like, okay. So, yeah, that, that yeah. exactly right. That yeah. impression when you first walk out there and to own that stage is mm. the most important thing to grab the judge's attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You may have be in their top three initially and you may drop down, but you may also go to number one That's throughout right. that, but you've made a presence. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. keeping that, um, if you're not in the first call-out or if you're still on stage but not actively involved in 
what's happening to, to still be, you know, um, not, well, I guess they call it standing relaxed. <laughs> You're not relaxed, You're not at, relaxed all. at all. <laughs> no relaxing. You are still being seen and yeah. you can yep. still be still judged. judged yeah. by, you know, well, it's like, you are. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I know occasions where um, I've competed where I've been competing with up to 20, 30 women in a tall class. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, I want to be in that top six of that group of women, yeah. I've got to make a pretty darn good impression when I first get out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there is no relaxing on stage. And sometimes we would be up on stage for anywhere between 20 and 30 minutes wow. without a break. That's hard. Posed, smiling. Yeah, dehydrated. Dehydrated, <laughs> sweating. And yeah. when you were doing back mm-hmm. poses, you'd be looking at another competitor and smiling at them going, you know, hang in there, hang in there, you know. Um, chatting to each other on stage. It's come on, smile, get on with it. It's funny when, when um, they yeah, do hard the hard work. Sorry, so you keep finish your thing. But, no, uh, but I just you kicked off a memory because like every time somebody turns away from like they're facing their back to the crowd and their face is completely different than when they're facing the crowd. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it's just like and then turn around. <laughs> <laughs> get your composure back. You got to look comfortable up there. Yeah. So is it after this first competition? that you both you met then was that around that time or was it the masters competition so you've had that whale competition is it around the time you had already competed in the whale show you were well and truly entrenched in what you were and i was preparing for the 94 a and b yeah so it was the beginning and no hang on in 95 96 somewhere around there yeah somewhere around there it was well, well and truly into competing, you know. So I, you'd seen the well, transformation from a bit of a distance uh, a little, across from the room. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I do remember <laughs> he um, was definitely well and truly into his competition days and because oh, really? there was a newspaper article that was up on the oh, yeah. mirror in the gym at Pro Fitness mm-hmm. and I remember looking at it thinking, because I was single at the time, <laughs> and I thought, Oh, I could never be married or be with anyone that looks like that. <laughs> 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 oh, <no. laughs> it's true. <laughs> and, and now you're not, so it worked out well. Yeah. <laughs> 27 years later. Yeah. Yeah. It is always interesting seeing the transformation of competitors that, you know, over those months when there's a competition leading up, um, as I'm working at the gym at the moment, but uh, you'll see, you know, it's like competitions maybe three months out and the transformation over those 12 weeks and, you know, just the definition coming in and the competitors sort of, you know, because they're restricting calories or they're, you know, they're, they're mm. going with less carbohydrates and they're getting weaker and they're getting <laughs> tired and they're getting grumpy. <laughs> grumpy but they're getting really <laughs> lean. Very emotional. At That's the, right. <laughs> one week out. It's just about <laughs> I had one girl that had she dropped her earphone thing into the stepper and <laughs> <laughs> it was stuck under there. And like I can get it out, but I, I, it takes like ten minutes to unscrew the whole thing. Anyway, she was in tears. Like I was like, I get it. Like it's all fine. Just you know, because she was competing in, in like a week or something. <laughs> yeah. but like, she hasn't eaten, and that was the final straw. And, yeah. oh, my headphone. <laughs> it's ruined my cardio. <laughs> yeah, just so those, but yeah, that that change that happens, and then you know, obviously everyone starts getting a lot tanned. Oh. <laughs> leading up to the show but they're dehydrating and everything like that and then you know they'll have the show and then the the transformation back to you know if, if that, that is a di- that is a, a really important one it is um 
just a little bit of my history. At the time when we met, I was doing a degree in agriculture. Mm-hmm. So I was studying um, science, so particularly biology and how to grow a cow and Perfect and for bodybuilding. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and grow meat. And grow muscle. Yeah. So I kind of thought to myself, um, you know, the – the way that the food was structured for different animals for different reasons, mm-hmm. well, I thought to myself, well, why is a human being any different? Mm-hmm. Well, we're not. We're all animals. But what it did give me the ability to do was be able to read nutritional information mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. science books and actually understand the science behind mm-hmm. um, what how food was generated through your body. If Interesting. I, easiest way I can put it. Yeah. So then working out exactly, well, what is a protein and what does that do? What is it for? Well, mm. that's for repair and recovery. What is a carbohydrate? What, is that, what does that do? That fuels all of your systems of your body and turns into glycogen that's stored in your liver, mm-hmm. um, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what does blood sugar do? What do sugars do in your body? Well, if you want to lose body fat, you need to have a consistent blood sugar level and the only way you can do that is to make sure that you're eating food that is low glycemic index Mm -hmm. and at particular times of the day so that gave me and I could go on on that subject for an hour Mm -hmm. and educate people on exactly how all of that works in a very basic format Mm -hmm. and that is the science behind getting lean for a bodybuilding show yeah Mm. and yeah, while so you were you f- familiar yeah. with that? Were you familiar with that uh, before you started bodybuilding yourself? So you'd already had that information kind of there. Yes. And then as you were starting to do yeah. weight training yourself and seeing what's going on, you think, ah, I know what to do with this. Ah, okay. okay. So if I do this at this particular point in time, then this is the result that I'm going to have. Interesting. So, you know, and you burn body fat while you're asleep at night. Mm-hmm. You know, we all think it's how the amount of cardio and how fast we go. Well, mm-hmm. basically, that's not the case. You lose body fat by keeping your blood sugar levels really careful, mm-hmm. uh, like very, very level. When you're doing your cardio, you want to be doing your cardio to a point where you can still hold a conversation with someone, but you are still puffing. Mm-hmm. And you need to be doing that cardio in a state where you're depleted of glycogen, mm-hmm. so depleted of carbohydrate. So when is that? First thing in the morning when you wake up after you haven't had a carbohydrate since around 12, 1 o'clock, depending on the individual person and their needs. And then, of course, you're going to be burning body fat. And you're burning body fat throughout the night while you're sleeping and then you're doing it again. Mm. So it's a really scientific process. And it's interesting because I hear a lot of about... Um, all these new things now, or have you heard about that and you heard about that? And I, without, being, basics, huh? without being disrespectful, yeah. I've um, competed at a very high level, but I've also taken other people mm-hmm. to a very, uh, you know, winning world titles and in NABBA shows and that type of thing. So, mm-hmm. and I've used that same base, and it's just science. Yeah. There is no magic pill. That's right. There is no magic pill. Yeah. It's a very scientific about a process of reducing body fat and how to build muscle. Mm. And, so, and yeah. were you already chipping away at that in the gym at this stage? Or what, what, what brought you to the gym? Um, I weighed 
48 kilos. Incredible. Yeah, and I'm five foot seven. Right. Um, and continuously having problems with my back and was just seemed to be at the physio every five minutes. Mm-hmm. And he said to me one day, look, you honestly, there's not a lot more I can do for you except you need to get into the gym mm-hmm. and build some muscle. Um, that's the best thing that you can do for yourself right now. Um, so I did. I took that quite literally. Um, went into the gym, but because I was so frail, um, I couldn't even lift one plate. Right. So I would hide in one of the other rooms where they had all the pin-loaded machines. So I was taking the pins out and I couldn't use the machine. Wow. So I had to carefully sort of build myself up a little bit, and I did over a period of time. That was working. Did you feel you weren't malnourished, or had you always no, been really I'd slender been really and slim. petite? Always. Yeah. There was no uh, there was no underlying reason for me to be um, as slim as I was. It was just pure genetic mm-hmm. that that I was that slim. Um, so I slowly worked my way out of that room and got brave enough to go into the big gym, mm-hmm. and that's when I met. Wayne. The big boy, the big yeah. Mm. And then he started to teach me <laughs> how man. to use how to Changed use her weights, destiny. right? Yeah. So and technique. Mm. So technique is paramount. Mm. Um, so technique, um, and I had the scientific background of understanding nutrition. Mm. So then we put those two combinations together. Dominated the world. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Combine those two things together, and I got taught how to train, and I helped you with nutrition. So yeah, yeah. It sounds like an organic process of you being around the gym and slowly working yourselves into each other's circles. Mm. There a little mm. bit as you both became more enthusiastic about yep. competing, and you're obviously thinking, "Wow, I'm, I'm going to get on stage. Yep. I've got to do this." And you're thinking, "Well, you know, I've kind of got this skill set. I can bring that, and oh, I can see what these guys are kind of trying to do. I can maybe help with that as well." And and so uh, and and uh, uh, did you think seriously about competing at that stage or? Um, I, well, Wayne actually did know quite a bit about how to diet for a competition, um, whereas I knew the stuff underneath that. So the kind of the two, him understanding it and me bringing the other part, brought it all together, so Mm, to speak, mm. didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, What was the question? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just uh, like you you had you Whether I thought about competing even that early. Well... I started to grow quite quickly. Mm. So my body clearly wanted all the nutrition I could give it. Mm. My body wanted to train. Give um, me weights. Yeah, mm. it really <laughs> did. It, and I got stronger and stronger. And I got stronger and stronger mm. really, really quickly. Stronger than mine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then one. <laughs> uh, no ego over here. No. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> And then, um, yeah, one day I I said to Wayne, do you think I might be any good at this bodybuilding thing? And this was about 18 months into training. Okay. And he said, yeah, I actually think you would. And it was about two years later I competed in my first Worlds. Wow. So straight straight into Worlds or did you do anything preliminary to that? Wow, was it? Um, it what? was South <laughs> Australia. Well, the difference, again, with competing at that particular point in time in that federation 
was that you had to win a state title mm. to be eligible that's to right. go to an Australian title. Yeah, that's right. And then you had to win an Australian title mm-hmm. to be eligible to go to the world title. That's right. So when you actually got to where you were going and you were on the world stage, you were with the best, best in the of the world. Best, yeah. mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know the first five people or anything mm. like that. And not that I disagree with how it all works now, I, I don't, but that's exactly what it was like. So when you were up there with England, Russia um, and all the other countries, you mm. were literally with their number one person yeah. at that time in the world. Wow. That's right. Yeah, so, so it was quite a different, quite and, a different and how, process. Uh, sorry, how quickly did that happen for you? So within 80 months you're of starting training, you're finding yourself... Starting to compete, um, and then I competed. It was ninety five was your first comp. And that was why ninety five, and I won my first Australia in ninety seven. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. which class was it? Was it figure uh, figure, figure tall. tall? Okay, yeah, wow. Yeah. So it was well and truly um, bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. it was we the, it was the science that we really applied the the biology and chemistry mm. on a consistent basis, keeping it really clean mm. all the time, and and pretty pretty uh, strict regime, mm. with one meal a week, lose your mind, eat what you want. Cheap you know, yeah. just a cheap meal a day <laughs> was, uh, yeah, and you, you, sanity. You, as you were yeah. mentioning, you're, you're kind of almost coming to this late after initially training early um, in your life, in your early teens. You're coming to it now in your mid-30s. Are you, how old are you at this stage? I was 26. Would okay. That be around 26, yeah. 27. So, yeah, so yeah. not not young, young, not old, not, like no. a good. So you know, I probably started at about twenty five, mm-hmm. at, at that weight. Yeah. So yeah, so, so my body just wanted to grow. You mm. went from forty eight. Um, do you remember you sort of um, put on uh, muscle, got stronger, and then you got to a point where you, you're like, "Hey, I might look at competing." And did you? Were you at a certain, like, did you move up to, say, 60 kilos or something? And then it was, like, when you went for competition? Yeah, I remember um, the first Worlds in Spain. I was at my absolute leanest. There's a funny story behind that. (laughs) Um, Absolute leanest, and I weighed 58 kilos, and I was solid as a rock. Wow. Wow. So off-season, I would sit between 62 and 65. Right. But lean to the point of... (laughs) Paper yeah. thin oh, skin, wow. yeah, <laughs> wow, lean. wow, yeah, where you, yeah. you know, you would literally wake up every morning and you would look different again, wow, and that was the, I think yeah. that was the amazing, was amazing part, right, and knowing, and I, I remember coaching different um, athletes that had the ability to get that type of leanness as well, mm. they just had that disposition to it, um, and I would have them eating steak, and I can't. You need steak, <laughs> you need vitamin B, you right. need this nutrition, you need that nutrition. Yeah. I said, wait until you wake up in the morning after you've had that piece of steak <laughs> and those carbohydrates yeah. that you will eat because mm, I've asked you in. to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and wait until you wake up in the morning and they would wake up lighter mm-hmm. and leaner. Yeah, And Incredible. more vascular. And yeah. full of so muscle again, belly, right. good nutrition. Yeah. And when yeah. we talk about... Um, having a meal off, that wasn't just a religious sanity. It was partly sanity, <laughs> but it wasn't just a religious sanity thing. It's because you can't continue to put your body through that process mm-hmm. and deprive of, of any of its nutrition. Like you've got to have all different proteins in your diet, not just chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't continue to let your body do that because it will shut down at some point. Right. It will say, I've had enough. Okay, I've met my level. So that's when you have your meal off mm-hmm. and you eat whatever the heck you feel like. You're not going to be able to put loads of food into yourself anyway. And you're tricking yourself. Yeah. 
and your body will get it will absorb it. You will look amazing. It sort of kickstarts mm. kickstarts mm. the metabolism again for mm. the next week. You got mm. it. Just gives you that that mm. foundation or that energy to to yeah to speed things up and and the body just. But you need it's a machine just starts chewing up all the calories and yeah. really using the nutrition well. It's one of those things, isn't it? Like where you, you stuff your face with like chocolate and pizza and lollies and donuts and whatever, and then the <laughs> next day, like that's the last thing you want. Last a week, and then you know, by the time you get to like Friday, you're like, oh, I can't wait till that today. <laughs> <laughs> we, used to, we used to love breakfast. Oh, really? yeah. Porridge was our main favourite. Because <laughs> you might be able to put a bit of honey in it. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <That's just> exciting. <laughs> that was the big car. I had this microwave fish stuff, which I would never eat now. But it was like, <laughs> when I was dieting, it was like the best thing. Yeah. I was like, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's funny the things that you look back and you think, oh, how did I eat yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. Did you have this, like, when I was dieting from a competition, um, uh, I started craving all these foods that I would never normally eat. And I was like, I want Cocoa Pops. I want, And I never normally eat Cocoa Pops. But I was like, I want Cocoa Pops. And it was like... It's a real... It's a mental game. Oh, yeah. The whole thing is a mental game. And if you can, if you can control that and know that there is an end result, you know, right. there's, there's an end date to it. <laughs> yeah. um, but then, like, talking about the transition from finishing the comp to uh, the next three or four weeks... Yeah. You've got to because you're dieting down, and mm-hmm. then you've got to diet back up again. That's right. So you can't just introduce Rebound. all this rubbish food mm. because you're going to be one really, really sick. Yep. Two, you're going to blow up like a balloon with fluid. You're going to put weight on it—a great knot. Yep. Um, back. So <laughs> having digestive enzymes and then slowly reintroducing foods yep. and taking the pace the other way. So you go. You're going 12, 20 weeks in, but you're going six, eight weeks out. Yeah, that's right. If you're going to be able to maintain that physique and not mm-hmm. um, damage yourself, yeah. really. Yeah. Because um, we've seen it time and time again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I see it as well. It's really scary. Yeah. So, you know, that mental, mental yeah. So game. disciplined for so long and then it's like pushing, pushing, pushing to get to that point. They hit that point to have the show. They do well or whatever. You know, the show is mm. finished and then it's just stuff your face. And yeah. it's like a month later, it's like, wow, you've put on 20 kilos of mm. not good weight, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's a very judgmental thing too. So, and I probably still um, – worry about it a little bit too much myself now. It's just that people kind of expect you to be a certain way all right. the time and that mm. is not reality. No, exactly, yeah. Um, so when you do put a little bit of weight on, it's you, it's noticeable and if you've been at a certain level, then it, you kind of feel like eyes on me, mm-hmm. eyes on, mm. uh, the eyes are on me. Yeah, yeah. Am mm. I being judged because I've put on a little bit of weight again mm. I'm not as lean as normal? Bodybuilders are already suffering you know? from dysmorphia as oh, it is yeah. and all of this you know, is going being on. Being yeah. a 55-year-old um, woman now, yeah. you know, I, I can't possibly expect to look that way. Right. I'm going to look like a normal 55-year-old woman, right. maybe in some cases maybe a little bit better shape. Um, I don't know, but, um, you know, I love cooking. <laughs> I love eating. Yes, yeah, so this works <laughs> out very eating. well. Yeah. The calories are high um, these days. Life changes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's such a yeah. dangerous game with that mental side of it because mm. if people are getting all those compliments and positivity while they're, you know, 
leading up to a competition. Man, you're looking fantastic. Oh, I can't believe how lean you are. You know, you're going to blow them away. It's going to be amazing. Mm. Look at your abs. Da, 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 da. And then, you know, they, they have the competition where they're as lean as they possibly be and they've got all the photos and they've got the videos and that's what they're looking at as to, hey, this is me and, you know, it's proud. And then if they go, when they go back to like a normal training regime, you know, where it's not like you're not going to be super lean all year round, like you can't maintain that. It's not possibility mm. um so even if you're in still good shape but if you're comparing yourself to the way that you were on that day on that stage which you can only be for a couple of hours really mm. um you know it, it, that's where you've really got to have a very strong discipline mentally to say i know that the reason i looked like that was because of those months of dieting and training leading up to that moment and i that is not a consistent uh, and realistic expectation to to look like that all year round. So exactly. if people put that pressure on themselves to say that's me, that's my identity, but mm. you, you can't look <clears> like that all year round. But if people only for their only interaction of seeing you, say like mm. a, a pro bodybuilder or somebody that they only see on stage, you know, say the Mr. Olympia and they're super shredded or whatever, and then you know six months later the guy's in the off season, you know he's put on some body fat and all the rest of it, um, and it's like they go, oh, geez, this guy's letting himself go. It's like no, well, he no, hasn't. He hasn't. <laughs> he's still training. Not at all. <laughs> but it's like, you know, for them to sort of, you'd almost have to, in a way, shield yourself from people's comments, uh, positive yeah. and negative, because yeah, it's absolutely. like, it's nice that you're saying that, but I'm, okay, great. I'm, I'm focused on what I'm doing, because yeah. if I let that be my source of inspiration, it will go <clears throat> away when I return back to normal. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Mm. So, you, so you guys had your first competition really within a couple of years of each other, by the sounds of things. Um, yeah, ninety three was my first. Lorraine's was ninety five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so, uh, and where did that competition path take you? Well, ninety three was the win of the uh, Wyala Classic. Kicked off well. Kicked off, won the first time. It was great. I was in the novice and I got third in the novice in the same comp. So I did two sections there. Yeah, yeah. I was on a bit of a bit of a high there. Yeah, <laughs> Adelaide Classic came along. I was still lean, and there was a lot of comps coming along. And you mm-hmm. can compete too often. Mm. And I probably got into that groove a little bit. Yep. That I competed again two months later in the Adelaide Classic, so I didn't have too much downtime. I stayed lean, but I, like you were saying, you can't do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Apart from anything, you don't grow. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. You always want to be bigger and better the next time you're on stage. So I didn't really grow, but my condition was still really good, and I got third in the in the novice um, that year. It's funny how things align. The Australia titles were held at Festival Theatre. Huh. Which and is I'm like like, local here in Adelaide. When am I ever going to compete in a festival theatre? Yeah. I've got to do that. So I did that as well. Oh. <laughs> so I've done three comps in a row. I was wasted by the end of 94. <laughs> I was absolutely wasted. Um, that was 90, no, that was yeah, leading into 94. Um, but, so but your impression after having had those four competitions was, was it that I want to do more or I'm never doing that again? No, I was hungry. You were hungry yeah, for more? I, yeah. Um, I think realistically – Sensibly, competing every two years is probably your better, a better time frame because so many competitions available now, so it's mm-hmm. easy to be tempted yeah. to get up there again because it's a, it's just a, such a buzz and you know, it's and when you're in that training format, it keeps you on track. Yeah, but you don't really grow, so I think every two years is probably you can get off season, you can not let loose, but eat yeah. lots of good food, <laughs> lift, re- get back to power lifting regimes, like getting heavy and getting strong, Yeah, breaks down muscle fibre, you repair, you grow bigger. I so mean, from my first comp at, nine, at 70 kilos, my last comp I was 82. Huh. That was huge. So yeah. that's from 93 to 
99. Right. That, that's so I'd improved a lot of mu- 12, And that's lean muscle weight. Muscle, you, yeah. you put a lot of chicken breast, that amount of chicken breast on a bench, that's a shitload of muscle. It is a lot. Yeah, yeah. So it just takes time. So you had that uh, that, that initial flurry of competitions, maybe did one or two too many, and yeah. then after that, did, did you think, okay, it sounds like you got the bug, yeah. and then it was just, okay, what's coming next? Was that, well, where, how do I plan this? What am I doing next? Well, I was supporting Lorraine. Lorraine, um, so we got together as a couple... Uh, end of '94, mm-hmm. and then we I did a comp in '95, which had there was so there you're was both re- training, but you've not yet competed. Yeah, uh, no, you hadn't. I hadn't competed. No. Yeah. You're both training together, yeah. and now you're helping each other prepare. And yep. oh, I'll serve Lorraine compete for the can pr- prepare for the Wyala, and then soon after that was a national a natural show here with, with Wayne McDonald. Mm-hmm. I, I won the intermediates in that, um, but there was also a couples. Which they I remember the done. couples, yeah. They hadn't done couples <laughs> routines. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were so beautiful to watch. Yeah. Done well, they were just so theatrical. Do you remember so Lee, Lee Priest routine. did one with his mum? Have you seen I that? I did not see that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that. She, she was a, a from competitive bodybuilder as well. Really? So oh, no yeah, they did a routine together. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so we did that, and that was my last comp until 99. So I stopped in 95 after the couples routine we did. Mm. Um and 99, yeah, that was the focus then. I'm going to go full steam until I turn 40, mm. win the Masters, and yeah. And won it? Yeah. 1999 yeah. Masters. And then, and then retired? Yeah. Oh, I did, went to Melbourne, and that was that was a big fork of the road for me. Cause, um, Tell us about that. It was, a, it, was, it was almost like I sat as, I'd itched my itch as much as I wanted to itch. <laughs> that sounds stupid. No, I'd, I'd achieved my goal. I won the state Masters competition. Yeah. And that was really, like I said, the first competition I saw. I saw those 40-year-old yeah, guys. Yeah, that was very, very want, clear in your mind. I want, to be, I, want to be, I want to be in that. Yeah. So that was my hunger. So I, I did that. And then I'm in shape. The comp's two weeks away. Why not do the nationals? Mm-hmm. And Kim Johncock, you know, Kim. Yep. Fantastic competitor, world-class guy. He was in it too. And I really wanted to be on stage with him. Yeah. I knew I wouldn't beat him, but if if I kept going, I thought maybe I could. But anyway, that the it's Melbourne was my last competition, yeah. and it was a lineup of twelve scary looking fellas, like <laughs> really, really big guys that have been there for a long time. I was probably one of the lightest on stage. I was eighty one. I'd lost a little bit more weight, but at that leanness and when you shred it down, you look quite large. Because mm. off season I was ninety eight. Wow. So I'd, I'd always trim back a lot. Yeah. So I like to be that 98 so I could be strong, so mm. I could really push and grow that muscle, and then I'd, I'd bring it back. Mm. And I found that worked for me. So at 81, I got fifth out of 12, wow. which I was absolutely stoked with. Kim, and Kim won the comp yeah. Yeah. and went on to win the Masters Miss the World or something, didn't he? Um, I think that was the year we went to Austria together. You went to Austria, yeah. Mm. yeah. And that, that hung up my hat then. because I, was, I don't know, I looked around and I went, it's not something I'm going to make a living from. It's not going to reward me monetarily. It's not my career path. Yeah. It's just my hobby. Yeah. I'm happy to support the industry, which I love and be judging. And then I took more of a mentoring role from there. Mm. I just got off stage. I was happy that I'd done what – achieved what I wanted to achieve. Yeah. There was nothing more that was going to satisfy any more than winning the state show. I could have gone on and tried to win a national, but I don't think – I still don't think I made a mistake by, by stopping. Yeah. My real moment was on stage with Kim. I really, really wanted to do that. Yeah. And he's such a good support and such a good mate. So that was brilliant. Mm. So then it was guiding other other bodybuilders to present themselves at their best. I, I was very good at 
designing uh, posing routines. Which we oh, don't see a lot of anymore. No. Yeah, no. It, was all, it was good to put together that dance to yeah. make that guy look his absolute best. And, and so how, how did you... It became like a mentoring role from as, there on. As a couple, how does that mentoring role or how did that mentoring role work? Because uh, I know it can sometimes be difficult to receive instructions from those <laughs> that love you the most. And uh, <laughs> so how, how did that work as, as you... Wayne was always well, really brutal. Okay, <laughs> so that was understood from the outset. Yeah. Oh. yeah, okay. Yeah. Awesome. I remember there with, was with a, a stick, or oh, was yeah. it? Yeah, no, he was brutal. Um, still is. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, no, he um, was always completely um, honest about where I was at and whether or not I was ready for something or or not. Mm-hmm. So no. you need that did so well. Yeah. Yeah. Saying, yeah. Yeah, people are you honest need, with you. Yeah. You need someone that's got really good eyes, and we would be the eyes for a lot of other people. Mm. But you can't be your eyes for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you need somebody. You need that constructive, um, constructive eye to tell you exactly where you're at and what you need. That's mm. right. Um, yeah. And, so. an and did you feel like opinion. that at the time? Or, or like, or you're like, fuck Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking oh, about? Occasionally, occasionally, I'd get a little bit upset with him. A little bit. Oh, okay. I remember getting very cranky one day, coming, um, competing in the universe in Newcastle in England. Oh, memory, I was just saying. I did in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> the one and only time that I hadn't placed in, um, placed in the top eight. I was generally top six, mm. um, and I was very, very cranky about that. And mm. he said, well, I judged that show, and you were placed where you needed to be placed, Ooh. and we didn't talk for... I told her where <laughs> I placed her, and then we got the judging sheets a few hours later, and she was exactly where I said she'd be. Oh. I, that and I wasn't happy. <laughs> no, no, no. So we travelled not, not, not just because of the performance, but then being wrong <laughs> to your husband. I mean, it's terrible, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I got over it pretty quick. We I travelled to England for the World Titles Universe. It was universe in Newcastle, yeah. which is sort of Lorraine's uh, family. It's where they immigrated from. Mm-hmm. So it was good to mm. catch up with a lot of family. It was a holiday thing as well. We spent yeah. a few weeks over there. And um, but I was going. I was sitting for my international judging accreditation. Okay. On that comp when my wife's in it. Oh. <laughs> so my, my scores didn't count, but I was sort of sitting back from the judges, playing the same role just to see that I. They need to know what I knew. What my stuff yeah. could be on an international judging panel. Yeah, so it had to be right. <laughs> so and then she asked me, and I went, mm. "Well, I can't lie. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to come out." Yeah. Yeah. And I was right. Yeah. <laughs> he was right. He it was is, right. It is an yeah. interesting sport, though, isn't it? Because yeah, you, know, you can't really control what happens with anybody else. It's only what you can do with your with yourself. Mm. And it's like you know, if if you turn up on the day and there's seven other people that just happened to, you know, their, their body genetically responded better or looked better or, than you, but you did absolutely everything yeah. you could, then you sort of, you can't really yeah, change it's the result. It's like, hey, I did everything yeah. that I could have done. It's, yeah. a, it's a game with, it's a goal with yourself. It really is. Making mm. sure that you're the best that you can be. It's not, you know, you you run a running race, whoever right. wins is yeah. the fastest. Right. Mm. Um, whereas this is a very subjective sport. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you've got to be happy with what you've achieved on stage at that particular point. Um, time, mm. like Wayne saying how happy he was to place fifth at nationals, mm. you know, and he was really happy with that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you can see that with some of the world uh, with the um, Winter Olympics that we're having. You know, right. guys that are absolutely over the moon that got sixth. Yeah, you yeah, know, and that's such a good thing to see. 
Yeah. Such Absolutely. a wonderful mm, thing yeah. to say. The yes. realistic about where you mm. fit in the scheme of things rather than have the ego and think, well, I should have won. My mm. abs are better. It's <laughs> yeah. not just about the abs. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, the whole exactly. package. And exactly. Sometimes, especially um, some people have incredible genetics. Oh, we we coached a Samoan fella. Was he Samoan? <laughs> or, no, a Maori guy. Yeah. He's a man mountain. Oh this God. guy come from a, a big... Uh, Powerlifting background. It just had the quads that you'd die for, and the but they just, just had, had that, that X anyway. factor. Just had that small <laughs> waist, and wasn't really lean. But he wanted to compete, and and he was. I didn't know English that well. We we didn't anyway. We tried to coach him about nutrition. He didn't quite get it. Mm. All he got was I got to eat a lot of chicken. <laughs> That's pretty well. <laughs> That's it. what he got it out. And of all it. he did was eat a lot of chicken <laughs> and a stack of lettuce. And we found out, and he came on stage relatively lean. He could have been he won the harder, world. but he won right. the junior yeah, incredible. world. We found out he was eating more KFC than anyone would normally. That was the chi- <laughs> that was the chicken sauce was KFC. Uh, yeah. So all his carbs are coming <laughs> from this saturated fat and stuff. Is, right, and that's all he was eating. Great, apart from prep. a couple of lettuces <laughs> a day. <laughs> what? It's crazy that that, that, that sport is something where it. genetics are so so critical, oh, and it's like you know you can get somebody that's training. They're, they're so disciplined and they're doing everything right. It's like you're not, you're just not going to be competitive. That's right. You know, we um, yeah. we were always quite upfront with people when they talked to us about com- com- um, competition and whether they had the ability or the shape, and we'd be quite honest and say, haven't quite got the right genetics. If mm. you want to get up there and give it a go, yeah. yeah. But you know, you could look at someone and um, look at their general structure and know whether or not they had what it took to get to that type of level. That's wrong. Um, and I remember one girl that was extremely successful um, and she came to me one day and said, I really want to compete one day. And I said, well, have you got five years? Right. And she said, oh, really? Right. I said, yeah, have you literally got five years? And, well, she she did her five years and she wow. did complete at universe and worlds levels wow. and all of that. So, Incredible. you know, and her partners are um, very successful as well. So, yeah, yeah you know, there are um, – it, it's – Takes a while. Takes mm. a so, so while. how was it that the trajectory of your career went then after that first show at Wyala? How did things take off for you? Well, I got second, so I wasn't happy. <laughs> oh, was Wayne judging? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was hiding somewhere. Second, she doesn't do second very well. Uh, <laughs> Although it does fuel the fuel the fire, and then the rest yeah. is history. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do second very well. I was a little bit grumpy, um, and not grumpy with other people. Grumpy with myself. Right. I just thought I did. You know, feel you let yourself down, yeah, or well, they could have done more, or you? I just, I think. Just too much lettuce. <laughs> KFC. I think I wanted it really badly. Yeah. I think I really wanted it really yeah, badly. Yeah. So it was the best thing that could have happened because then that just fueled me to go, okay, what do I need to do next? I need to win, uh, get into the state shows. And I would, you know, be fourth, fifth, last um, on uh, two or three shows that I did. Um, and But just yeah. kept plodding away and working at it, working at it, and then eventually I did win my first state show. And when was that? That was 97, when I won my... 96? 96. So you've been competing for a couple of years at that? Yeah. So after two years of trying, you've won your first state title? Yeah. Yeah. It was a a section, it wasn't the overall, was it? No. 97, oh gosh, 97 was my first Australian title, so I'd won the state title to get to that. Mm-hmm. So my first state title was in 97. Then I won the 97 tall class. Yeah. And who do I get up with in the overall? 
Uh, in the short class, Pina Theodoridis, oh. the you know goddess Peter? of Nabba. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. She's a genetic freak. Right. She still looks fantastic. I, I remember just being so excited that I was actually standing oh. next to her. Right. Um, and, but it's like every time I competed, I pulled the straw, yeah. the short straw. <laughs> the short, she it was the short like, straw. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to be kidding. Um, so, yeah, then, so that was 97. And then I set my heart on going to the, a year later in 98 to and it was my determination was to win um, a, an overall Australian title so I could go to the world titles which I did mm-hmm. so I won that one and then I went to Spain in 98 um, in my first international show and got fourth wow um, and that was um, short and tall combined it's amazing yeah <laughs> it's, it's so crazy, crazy. Yeah. and you're both kind of doing this and and uh, bodybuilding certainly back then I mean even now so much isn't a, a money making sport as such so how are you balancing the, the responsibilities of work and uh, home life raising family as well as fitting all of this yeah. in okay. <laughs> that, was a, that's a, that was a toughie, wasn't it? That was. That was a real juggler. Um, wow. Well, yeah, initi- <laughs> I, I started training people, so I was working as a personal trainer. Um, now, I would have been, if I'd been doing what I was doing then now, I'd be worth a fortune with how much <laughs> they actually charge oh, for that yeah. process, which yep. is just crazy. And sometimes you don't even see that, Coach. It's all yeah, online. online yeah. And mm. don't crazy, get me wrong, yeah. there's some really good good stuff out there too i'm not not dissing that at all but um so i was personally training people um which was earning me a reasonable just just normal people or or other bodybuilders or people all of them yeah yeah bit of both i had a lot of success um with women that wanted to change their shape and lose weight yeah um and be able to sustain that weight loss Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so i worked a lot with women like that i worked with lots of competitors male and female Mm -hmm. Some of the male competitors that I um, prepared for shows wouldn't tell people that it was me that was coaching them, which was mm. always a bit of a giggle. Um, <laughs> but then what, they'd go why? on. <laughs> I, I think it was just a bit of an ego thing. and I don't know, really. That was a bit odd sometimes, wasn't it? Well, sometimes they were seasoned competitors that oh, there was okay. always yeah, a piece true. of the puzzle missing. Yeah, um, And a couple of them, the world, world standard uh, guys, always had fluid retention on the day. So it was mm. always a chemical thing. It was yeah. always that. And Lorena helped, helped through once she got in control of the dieting and lots of heated conversations with them because they were so experienced and fixed in their ways. That yeah. I've been doing this for years. Yeah, but well, you've been doing it wrong. Yeah. yeah. Like, let's face it, you've got second, third, you've never won. Mm. So you uh, guided one guy through to win the Worlds in New Zealand. Wow. In the year 2000, who always had a fluid retention thing. So there was always... Maybe it's the ego, like we were saying. They didn't want to say anything because they were seasoned. Everyone knew them. Yeah. They were, and they wanted to take credit for this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. That's sort of... To be weird. honest, I didn't yeah. care either way. I was okay. just there. I really just wanted to see them in their best shape. Right. I, didn't, I really yeah. couldn't have cared about it, whether it, anyone knew whether it was me that had assisted in that process. But then I used to do a similar thing with the jockeys as well, oh. where they would um, <clears throat> they'd be taking diuretics and all sorts of weird and wonderful things to reduce uh, to get rid of their fluid to be a certain weight to get on the horse. Right. So then I was showing them how to um, sodium deplete without that process. Right. Ah. Yeah, and that way I. Worked really successfully for a couple of the mm. jockeys. Wow. That be- went on to be quite um, successful. Have they, have they implemented any sort of drug testing or anything with, like, because diuretics taken to extreme yeah. can be. 
pretty you know yeah, toxic on your livers and yeah, all the rest of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I look, who knows? But it, uh-huh. it was just a process, and I was employed by um, people to teach them about nutrition uh-huh. um, and teach them how to reduce their fluid leading yeah. into a horse race. Um, so that they could lose that extra one or two mm. kilos prior to the race, <clears throat> excuse me, um, without affecting themselves mentally or you know becoming fatigued or yeah. any of those things, and it worked really really well. It's a real science to it, isn't there? Mm. Yeah, it's like yep. even, even like Formula One drivers, you know, mm. they'll, they'll try to bring their body weight down to a certain mm-hmm. level because the lighter they are, the faster the car goes. Mm. And mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, it's got to be that you want to be sitting in there dehydrated when you're trying to drive at 300 k's an hour. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's, and, it, and it is one of those sports where people are prone to do dangerous things. And and so uh, in, in your experience, have you had to pull people back from a bad diet, like the really destructive behaviour when it comes Wouldn't to those work things? With them. Yeah, okay, you identified that early on and yeah. thought, no. Only going to work with people that actually <clears throat> are, are prepared to go through the process the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, and. and and so you, you had a quite an illustrious, or both of you enjoyed great success, but particularly Lorraine at a, at a world-class level enjoyed a lot of success. And uh, it seems that you moved into judging earlier than Lorraine, but it didn't take you too long to catch up. It was yep. was that just you're at the shows, you're in the environment, you've got you've got an eye for it now, and you, and you know what you're looking for, and yep. you're familiar with those with all the, the key people involved. It so is that how it came about that you started judging yourselves or well, um, the difference um, at – I don't know how it all works entirely now because we've only ever come into shows as experienced judges. Mm-hmm. But when you were becoming a judge, you had to go through a process to get there. Mm. Um, so you were a trainee. So you were a trainee for however many shows and then your scores would be put against what the, um, the experienced judges and then that would determine whether or not you were going to get a seat on the table. Right. So once you'd gone through that training process and you had to get your accreditation, then you would be put onto a panel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you basically, once we got to international judging standard, then you got invited. And what made you want to do that? Was it a matter of almost like a community service, or I want to give back now, or was it just I'm still fascinated with the sport, but I'm Pretty not, well. not going to be competing, so the next best thing is yeah. judging those people competing. you got it. And <laughs> right. I think knowing, yeah. um, like when, we, when we're sitting on a judging panel and you've been a competitor, and I'm not saying that everyone that's a judge needs to have been a competitor because we've got some amazing judges with amazing eyes that would never step foot on stage. Mm. Um, in fact, a very good friend of ours who was head judge for Australia, um, he'd never stepped on stage. Mm. Right. Uh, he'd judged Olympians, uh, everything. Mm. Um, so lots of really, really good people. But from when you've been a competitor at that level, we take our job really, really seriously. Mm. So we're, we will not stop. I mean, we've, we've got a really good eye, so you can pick your top three to five pretty quickly. Mm-hmm and then process of an elimination, but we're very, very tuned into what's going on on stage for these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got that appreciation of what they're going through, what they've been through to get to where they are, mm. um, and we're just passionate about making sure that we get it right. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, isn't it? Yeah. What, what do you think just with the, the way that the sport has sort of changed, you know, when, say, the Frank Zane era where it was very aesthetic and he was a smaller kind of guy um, uh, and then it sort of moved into the 
the mass monsters kind of thing and then that progressed through you know you had Lee Haney for eight years in a row uh and then you know Dorian Yates and you know just got bigger and bigger and bigger Mm -hmm. uh to where you've got guys now that are walking around like 140 something kilos at three percent body fat you know (laughs) stepping on stage uh big rummy style yeah Yeah, absolutely and I'm glad to see that he did actually get his conditioning to a point where he could be the winner um although I do think if uh Phil Heath had uh sort of kept it together for a couple of years longer he still would have reigned over but um mm. yeah with do you sort of your thoughts on how how the sport has progressed and do, are you sort of happy with the direction yeah, that it's yeah, going yeah do you see that that as a as a natural progression from the classic physique to through the mass era to what we have now or or, or do you feel like there should perhaps there was another path that wasn't explored i think there's a there's a place for all those categories i think they're all it's all part of the bodybuilding mix and there's different I like the fact that they're bringing the classic back because it's very artistic and it really shows of the presentation of the the competitors is the Frank going back to the Frank Zane. I think that's brilliant. And then they're by no means small guys either. Um, They're not. (laughs) Even what's the, uh, the class, the guys with, (laughs) sorry, the long pants. Oh, the shorts. Yeah. Uh, It's still a fantastic, fantastic um, division. Yeah, and they're not small not. guys either. <laughs> I get I've so confused now. I I'm thinking figure, yeah. but I, no, that's no. Right. Yeah. And um, so yeah. I think there's Men's a place physique. for physique. Men's physique. Men's physique. Men's physique. Yeah, I think there's a place for all of it. And people, let's face it, people love seeing big guys. And for the promoters, I mean, it puts a lot of bums on seats. And yeah, they get some yeah. good shows. So. I, I love seeing the big guys yeah. as well. I mean, it's it's a, a, yeah, everybody a, loves to see a freak on stage. After yeah. all, like that's a, that's the big draw card. But the aesthetics of those classic guys is just the posing. It's nice to see that mix. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit. So you feel comfortable that things have kind of in the last few years have kind of dissected so that everybody does have that opportunity to shine a little bit more. Let's face it, a lot of different body types, isn't it? And some guys just fit into that physique category mm. and some guys are just mesomorphs like that. They're big power lifters that, mm. man, you get lean and you can be something massive and yeah. that's the genetic thing again, I guess. What did you think with the era where they had, and it's still sort of prevalent, the, the sort of the big belly growth that was uh, extended. I think there was a yeah. bubble gut bonanzas. Yes. Big, big, big rush on human growth hormone somewhere that along the way. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, dabbling too much in some of that stuff. It, it was but, good but, to see it sort of getting penalised in yeah, a way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the, lots of federations, some are, they encourage the big guys. Mm. And so these guys, their preparation is much different to the, the A and B because yeah. of the drug testing and all of that. I'm not going to get into who takes no. what and who does what, but oh. <laughs> get, get back, get, I want names. Get, get back to when we were coaching people and helping people through comps, we'd see a person for the first time and we'd ask the brutal questions, are you using any gear? Mm. And they'd go, oh, why? Because, well, if I you are, I don't know. care. Yeah. I don't, need, I don't really the care the diet we're trying are. to get you on. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. it affects exactly, exactly the whole, the whole yeah. how all the pieces All the rest together. of the chemistry, all of the rest of the biology. We'd never yeah. judge. I mean, we wouldn't obviously wouldn't want someone that's using to – I'm not saying even using is a bad thing, as long as you're not doing it in a clean comp. Yeah, right. You know, there's, there's always performance-enhancing drugs and Make your own cycling is yeah. the first thing that comes to mind. But yeah, yeah. it's so crazy, sports. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. Even yeah. tennis, uh, Peter Quarter, do you remember him? He got busted oh, yeah. with steroids. Yeah. He's skinny as a rake. It's like a <laughs> tennis player. He needed more, Yeah, it wasn't but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and with, the, with the way that the sport is now, so you've really seen the sport, uh, you know, kind of 
thrive over the last 30 or 40 years um, from, you know, almost like an, an outsider kind of sport to one now almost everybody's got a gym membership, almost everybody who got a gym. So the kind of almost mainstream culture now is that yeah. is that gym you know culture. I have, I have noticed, um, admittedly I haven't been in the gym for a few weeks but um, still train, um, is that people's technique is so much better. Mm. Mm. Whereas I remember when we were um, first training together many moons ago, technique was terrible. Mm. And you'd just close your eyes or you'd just turn your head because you wanted to go over and say something to someone. <laughs> yeah. um, but what I've noticed of, of recent times is that technique is really good out mm. there. Yeah. Except I'm, I've never seen so many... Women do so many glute exercises. <laughs> <laughs> That's the trend yeah. at the moment, yeah. isn't it? It's all about the, the, all the booty. Yeah, the yeah. Hip thru- We've got three hip thrust machines. Three of them. Three. Yeah. Wow. Put two booty builders and then like a standalone hip thrust. Have <laughs> you ever seen more unusual ways of people, girls using Smith machines? Yes. Yeah. Have you seen Have you seen somebody do like um, the leg press with the Smith machine? Like they they lay on their back and they'll get like they'll unhook it with their hand and then their feet are on the bar and it's pushing up and down. Oh, and I haven't like, seen my that. God, so you're going to get crushed. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh yeah. But with a Smith, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I think you know everyone. Lots of people in their training, and the other thing that I've noticed as well, um, which is really cool to see, um, not only is the technique good, but the age group is literally from young mm-hmm. right the way through to people that are a lot older than we are. Yeah. You know, and so women in there that are you know in their mid seventies mm-hmm. or more. Um, that are training properly and training hard mm-hmm. uh, and doing things really, really well. That's really good to see. Yeah, That's absolutely. That's really good. Yeah. 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 And for those that aren't working hard and training well, there's always like active wear that. that <laughs> Compression time. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so having having gone, having seen a lot, and been a part of that bodybuilding history over the last uh, thirty years or so now, where do you see the future of the sport? Okay. Yeah, uh, that was a good well, question. Stumper, yeah. I like that one. <laughs> well, the first, thing, the first thing that popped in my head is it's now it's now almost an, not an expected lifestyle, but it's just almost the norm. Yeah. Where I mean, even at Christmas time, our son Paul knows a lot of guys that are into bodybuilding, and and it's it seems the normal. When we he said you guys were freaks back then, and we were just yeah. the yeah. odd ones out. Mm. Yeah. Now it's like everyone does it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Isn't it's, that it's interesting? So, so it's become mainstream a little bit like in, in the same uh, way that MMA has become that mainstream mm. combat sport now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Probably more people will be exposed to uh, a UFC event over the next 12 months than there would a boxing event, for instance, and now you're starting to see you know, bodybuilding start to uh, absorb that, um, that, that mainstream, that middle ground um, that uh, no one well, would have predicted 15, 20 years no, ago, I'm sure. I, I don't think so. I, I do remember there were times when... Um, I'd be walking around and I'd be thinking, what are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd sort of put oh, yourself I'm up. Huge. Right. Yeah, okay. and I, I was it. not as I was a big girl. <laughs> and stand next to a normal human being. Right. Yeah, okay, I think I know what they're well, looking you at. Catch now, <laughs> you're not supposed to have biceps. Catch a glimpse of yourself in a shop window. <laughs> yeah. No? yeah. Well um, you're surrounded by the people in the gym and that's your you know, friends and everyone's into it. And then when you go to like a public like a shopping mall or something like that, and then it's like, yeah. what is going on? There's something that's like, Look oh, that's girl. right. 
right. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and I think going back to something, uh, a question that you asked uh, before about, you know, um, you're all encompassed into that world, what else do you do? Mm. One of the one of the big things um, with work and that type of thing, whilst I did some personal training and so on, was that we, and we say this a lot to people as well, there is a life after bodybuilding. Yep. Yeah. You know, you have to separate. It's you called judging. You have to. You have your career. You know, and most of the people that we competed with had a life outside of that. So mm-hmm. they worked nine to five in a normal job, doing normal things, and then they had their bodybuilding world. It wasn't there twenty four seven. Even though the discipline was twenty four seven, we all had life outside of that, and we had careers. So when we stopped competing, we had something else that right. we, that was in part of our life. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It, it is interesting yeah. now. I think the trend is yeah, it seems to be like the people that are sort of getting into fitness and and you know building muscle. Um, for me, I'm seeing a lot more people going and pushing towards you know, social media fame and you know creating their own sort of. Uh, platform and sort of following, yeah, yeah, you know, like Larry Wheels and all this, this sort of thing. Yeah, Callan mm. von Moger and and those yeah. kind of guys, where it's like they're like, I don't need to win a show to be successful in bodybuilding. I mean, it's you know, it, you're not. He's not saying, hey, look, I'm a. You can be commercially yeah. successful without being having the titles. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. which is yeah. an interesting aspect because it wasn't. Maybe it's been the last. 10 years where people have sort of made that move to, well, I can find another way. I can find another avenue with this. I don't have to yeah. be Mr. Olympia before I can actually start yeah. being successful in this I industry. I think people felt they needed belts and titles yeah. before they had the authority mm. to be, you know, whatever. Um, mm. And now it's a matter of, well, uh, you know, I've, I've done my glutes four times this week. I'm, I'm ready. Um, I'm ready. So, <laughs> here I come, Instagram. Um, <laughs> working their selfie muscle. You know? so, uh, so what was uh, what were some really excellent bits of bro science advice that you received early on in your career? 13 years old, you're in the gym. Was there some old dude that sat in the corner and dispensed advice like three sets, ten reps? That's what you do. Or what, 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 what was some of the... Uh, <laughs> That's pretty close. I mean, the guy that ran the gym, the Limbo back then, he was a wrestler. Right. And that was back in the Larry O'Day and the... Do you remember? I'm no, like, I'm I don't. going white back. <laughs> Mario Milano, you do. Oh, I, I do. Mario Milano, yeah, yeah. we know the name. You know, yep. those, back in that, he was one of the wrestlers of that era. Yeah. Big fellow. And he was about pushing, pushing heavy weights and eat big. So it was pretty <laughs> basic, but always, always trained with intent and purpose. Intensity and purpose. Yeah. Don't just walk in there haphazardly and, and do it wrong. And, just and make sure you're doing it right. Do it heavy and eat. And eat lots. It's pretty basic. And and did you have like a, a little go to like a, before say protein shakes were a big thing? Did you you know did you get into the molten chocolate or did you eat, drink eggs. drink like four liters of milk before you did bench press and then six liters <laughs> afterwards? Or, or, or what, 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 oh, was there a thing man. that you got into eggs or when I was a kid? Yeah, like, yeah. As you're then. getting into it, as just as you're starting to train and you're listening to the old guys in the gym and you're seeing. It, there was no supplementation back then. I mean, it was, yeah. I probably didn't even take it. I was, no. I Molten milk or something. Something yeah. about glucose. Eat lots glucose. of jelly beans. Make sure jelly beans. Oh, jelly beans were the performance enhancers of the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, ones from the 1970s. The, <laughs> the good ones. The ones yeah. from the chemists. It's crazy how the supplement industry has really exploded over the last, say, 20 years. They stepped up years. from the jelly beans. To yeah. A whole bunch well, of they, I mean, <laughs> you probably wouldn't. I mean, when you guys first. Trying to remember, did they have protein powder? Was there protein bars? Was there, you know, all I those was, sorts of things? Um, 
Yeah, I was sponsored by Masashi, which I was really that was was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I never drank a protein (laughs) drink. (laughs) Oh, never had a protein drink until the sponsorship or even during the sponsorship. Oh, never, sorry, never. Masashi, by the way. Yeah. If you, no, if you no, are watching. used to pour it down the drain. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne had it all. Putting on wheat bix in the morning. Basically, um, <laughs> basically, what they did was give me an allowance okay. um, uh, per month. Oh, for supplements. For supplements. Ah. And I didn't, um, I wasn't into protein drinks right. at all. So basically, I, I used all of their, um, their ranges of amino acids. Okay. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. So I. In it, in their purest form. Yep. Why would I want to digest a protein drink? They taste they tasted horrible <laughs> oh, yeah. anyway. Mm. They used to make me feel crook. Yep. They're a lot better now, from my understanding. I still yep. don't want to touch. Them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I basically used all of their range of range of products. Yeah, which yeah. was amazing. Is, is uh, I guess you came to the gym and you had a really good mentor group early on in your career. So I guess your your the advice you were getting from the get go was pretty good. I the advice that I was getting was probably. Well, the best in the business. Um, <laughs> Nick Jones was oh, yeah. oh, yes. um, probably my biggest mentor at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, he, at that time, was the uh, looking after Masashi. He's obviously expanded and now has his own supplement company. Mm-hmm. Um, so he taught me an awful lot in that very, very early stage of 97 to 98, mm-hmm. um, and it was late 97 that he gave me my sponsorship. Wow. Um, he moved on not that long after that. I think it was only a couple of years after that, but Masashi continued to sponsor me, which was great. Mm-hmm. So they would pay for um, sending me into state and things like wow. that. Um, and, yeah, gave me an allowance of, of product, mm. um, and I use that religiously. I swear by Masashi. Right. Masashi have some of the most amazing products, mm. yeah. um, and I would agree that um, Gentech would absolutely as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah, It's interesting to, to see the progression of, of brands that were coming in, and you see the ones that were very low budget and would just fall away after a couple of years. Mm. <laughs> um, and it was always that, you know, they'd just be throwing dirt cheap, powder really you know it was just terrible tasted terrible didn't mix i remember i had one and i <laughs> it was just floating on top no matter what, i would stir it for 20 minutes and it would still be on, floating on top you it was put like it in a, a blender. cake on top it of your would. milk it would, it would not mix in the water it's like oil and water was that mega mass 2000 <laughs> <by any> chance? <laughs> yeah and the protein bars was like eating cardboard oh. yeah that the, the yeah the major ingredient there is asbestos uh, <laughs> yeah. yes yeah. they're still they're they're not fantastic. They're all better than they were, but they're still not great. Do you know what? I'd rather hoe into a piece of chicken yeah. or something on some fish or yeah. whatever other protein than touch yeah. a protein bar. The, their marketing <laughs> is, is horrible it, things. Their marketing works so well, unfortunately, because people, yeah, we've got where I'm working, the, the front of the gym is a shop, basically, and there's you know, all the different protein powders and fat burners and all the rest of it. But people are coming in and they're, semi-educated on you know what they want and oh, I need the fat burner and then you need the creatine I need the thing and, the, the. and it's like how often are you training are you doing what else are you doing once a month uh, once yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't actually trained yet but you know <laughs> <laughs> I did get the membership and I am thinking about that's it ex- yeah. that's expensive urine yeah exactly yeah. that's right that's right you've right, actually got to be Straight training yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or if people bring up like say they get a tub of creatine they bring it up and uh, like, oh, yeah, so um, you know what creatine does uh, no 
Oh, why, why, why are you buying it? Jimbro said. Well, somebody said to get it. <laughs> like, oh, do you know how it works or anything? anything? No, I had no idea. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so what, what's your advice now to young women that might be thinking about following in your footsteps? Find yourself a good coach. Um, find yourself somebody that has got some sort of scientific background mm-hmm. as opposed to just Wayne? somebody oh, that's sorry. in the gym. <laughs> find so, Wayne. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, look for somebody that has achieved um, what you're looking to achieve, so somebody that um, has been there and done that. Um, because then the proof's in the pudding, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm really questioning their knowledge base, um, uh, what they've studied, what they haven't studied, what, you know, can you explain to me why I'm taking glutamine or can you explain to me why I should be um, looking at creatine or mm-hmm. whatever other supplement it might be? Mm-hmm. So somebody that's got some serious knowledge, mm. you know, and had success in the past with other competitors. So you'd, you'd recommend to a young woman, 25-year-old woman, who's to go down that path in 2022? I can't see any reason why not. I think it's a good, healthy lifestyle. Fantastic. Um, I just think it's all about balance mm-hmm. and making sure that you understand exactly what it is that you're doing, diet in, diet out, um, have a good mental... Um, approach to what you're doing. Understand that bodybuilding is not the be-all and end-all in the world, that, you know, there is a life after that um, and you can still have a successful career and family and all of those things. Um, It's a lifestyle, yeah, but don't become 100% completely consumed by it. Um, We would still have a dinner party with all of our bodybuilding friends and play stupid games and build human pyramids because we're all built <laughs> so we could all get on top. Um, that was a classic I hate to see thing. the food bill, by the yeah. way. Well, I think you were at my, you were at my 50th yes, birthday. Yeah, you, you were on top the, of the pyramid. Were you, were you in the pyramid? No, I'm not sure. The pyramid. <laughs> Foundation uh, stone. Uh, so, <laughs> what I'm saying is don't take it too darn seriously right. and yeah. just have some fun. Absolutely. Enjoy it. Get some balance. Yeah. You know, um, it's not the be all and end all, but it's a really good it's it's a great lifestyle. Too. Yeah. I mean, someone, right. someone venturing into bodybuilding, like if they really, they you know, you look at a picture and you can go, oh, I want to look like that. Mm. Ask what price you got to pay to look like that. Yeah. And ask that person what what you do, and yeah. just and completely understand that there's no shortcut. Yeah. You got to do that. You got to put in the yards. There's mm. no shortcuts, and then be prepared to pay the price. Mm. It's not negotiable. Yeah. You want to do that, you'll get that. Simple. Yeah. And, and um, from from. Looking, Sorry. No, just looking for the fast tracks just really It's frustrating, isn't it? Oh. That people think that they, they can get it well, oh just take this stuff and I can get magic it. No, pill. you can't. Yeah. 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 And, and with, from your perspective having kind of both kind of grown up in in this world, what are some of the things that you took from your bodybuilding life that you're able to apply in in other areas? Wow. Yeah. Um because Lorraine, you you enjoyed a, a, a great corporate career as well um, outside of bodybuilding. Yeah, um, I think it when you're that disciplined, you can basically turn that to anything mm-hmm. that you want to do in your life. Mm-hmm. So I basically took all of the concepts of the discipline of bodybuilding um, and brought that over to my corporate life, mm. which was. Um, and could you kind of see some of the failings in people in the corporate world and it was just, okay, it's discipline or it's it's kind of that thing that we see in the gym but it's over here? 
Yeah, look, not. I'm smiling um, because I didn't love everyone in the corporate world. I don't think anyone does. Obviously, there are going to be times when you are going to have some sort of personality clash with. But surprisingly, the company that I was working with had a lot of very, very successful athletes as part uh. of the corporate team. In fact, Gilbert Anoka, who is the mind coach for the All Blacks, um, was the head of the academy that uh. taught me how to be a trainer mm. in my um, real estate training career. Yeah. So, and a lot of the a lot of the corporate people had been an elite athlete at some point in their career. Yeah. Mm. So that was yeah, interesting question. When I think about it, the most of them were footballers, tennis players, um, you know, all sorts of different careers. Mm. Excellent mm. sense to boil over into other fields. Very yeah, very definitely. Comfortably. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And and finally, um, uh, your your plans now. Do you both you're training now? You, 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 I know you, you've just kitted out a studio at home, so you, you're doing a lot of drumming. Um, so <laughs> is that as close as we're getting to to resistance these days? Uh, I haven't been in the gym since just after Christmas because this project has taken over my life. <laughs> but, no. but the muscle memory, it'll all come back. Don't worry. Yeah. The chest. I'll have that the chest. The chest. <laughs> three weeks of agony when you get back into it, but, you know, I still love doing it. Yeah. Do you feel guilty when you when you move away from it for a time? Is that what it feels like yeah. for you, Lorraine? Yeah. yeah. I think like um, sometimes life does get in the way, and there's been a lot happening in our lives of of over the last few months with different family members and so on. So it's been quite a challenging period. Yeah. So we're um, you know no sooner had you got yourself into that kind of routine where you've just literally you're dropping everything because you need to um, do something else that's part of what's happening in your world at the moment. Um, I much prefer it when I'm in the gym. Um, I can't I, – I get in, I get training and I get out. <laughs> I'm in there for probably 40 minutes, if that. And mm. like train, do the body part – Get out. And I've always kind of been a bit that way, but always feel so much better when I am back in the gym. And, yeah, I do get a bit guilty. And I don't feel as good when I'm not. Yeah. When, I'm, when I'm training and I'm doing um, and weights and so on, I generally feel better um, all over. Yeah. yeah. So do, do you feel it's ever anything that you it would stop doing at, at this stage in your lives? It, it sounds like it's like not it's going to be... Not this yeah. stage. Keep, keep going until you can't go anymore. Is that the well. idea? I think it's... Ride it till the wheels yeah. come off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty well like I actually think it's really important that we actually... Um, Take it a little bit more seriously again, <laughs> um, as in, in well, terms of well. both of us. Determinations are being made yeah. here in the podcast, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So <laughs> honest, honesty is coming back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that critical eye is going back the other way, maybe now. Eighth, eighth place, was it? <laughs> <laughs> we sweat that one under the rug. <laughs> 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 uh, I just, I do. I think it's really important that we just take it a whole lot more seriously and make it a bit more about lifestyle again um, especially as you're starting to get older um, the people that I do know that have continued to um, moderately weight train um, have a far better way of life um, than people that don't mm. um, we're lucky that we got that foundation so when I start training things change really really quickly even now yeah, you find yeah, it, yeah. absolutely you know I, I did a, a good couple of months in, in the gym where I was training moderately but and having massages in between and I, the masseuse said to me, oh, I could just can't believe the change in you from then to then mm. um, and I, it just all comes back so mm. once that foundation's there 
So I think from our point of view, yeah, we probably need to take it a little bit more seriously to get a longevity um, of being able to do all the things that we like to do. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Well, um, well, we've got a snapshot now. So in three months' time, when we do this again, we, we'll have a before well, and an off. after. So, uh, <laughs> so if you'd want a quick pose, no. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming into the Thank podcast. You guys. It's been absolutely amazing to hear more of your story. Having known you for so long, you know, you don't always find all the all the bits and pieces yeah. and the gaps in the story. Yeah. So it's been absolutely wonderful to hear it and to be able to share that story with all of our viewers as well. So uh, thanks so much for joining us again Lorraine and Wayne March ladies and gentlemen and of course the double biceps are out one more time and ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in to the Daily Combat podcast once again and of course we'll look forward to bringing you more next week thanks guys you've been listening to the Daily Combat podcast special thanks also go out to our main sponsor Real Estate Agents Group This company is growing to become one of South Australia's largest independent real estate groups. With their board of directors with over 100 years of collective real estate industry experience, Real is for real people by real people. Check them out on Facebook under Real Estate Agents Group or visit their website urbanandruralsales.com.au. The Daily Combat Podcast is proudly brought to you by Dave Stockbridge, Isabella Rossitano, and Hollywood Matt Connolly. Make sure to give us a five-star review, as this helps us to continue to promote combat sports in Australia and around the world. You can find out more information about the podcast at dailycombatnews.com. You can also follow us on all social media platforms, with full video episodes available on YouTube. Just search The Daily Combat Podcast. Thank you again for listening from all of us here at The Daily Combat Podcast team.